All right, here we are. This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop. I've got these two lovely gentlemen with me today. We've got Ian Rismondo, Taylor Wilson. Taylor's busy, but that's okay. Uh, hey. How you guys doing? It was a good week. We we got some new MCU content. Uh, the the WandaVision review is up. Um, but yeah, it's been a week. It has been a week. Um, happy Wednesday, everyone. If you're new to the channel, I'm going to give you a brief rundown. Uh, there are two ways you can find us. One of the ways is the way you're watching right now, if you're watching us right now, uh, which is live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision every Wednesday at 5 Eastern time. 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, otherwise, we also do a Saturday show currently reviewing WandaVision at 12 p.m. Eastern time, uh, reviewing each week's WandaVision episode. And then the alternative way you can find us is on podcast form, audio only. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and various other platforms. So you can find us wherever you'd like. You choose which way you like listening to us. So we've got audio only podcast-wise. Right, and then you can get like both audio and video to Twitch. Why don't we just have a just video option? There's just no the video audio option. <laughs> we'll mime it exactly for. <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, that's a good question. Solving unsolvable puzzles, Ian Rismondo. <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh, the format of the show is as follows: We spend about the next thirty minutes talking about a specific movie. Sometimes we have a double feature, and well, we'll. We're, we're none of us are critics here so it's very story driven conversation but every once in a while we do see something kind of artsy we'll we'll point it out otherwise uh the next hour and a half this is a two hour show give or take an hour uh is this two hours no. <laughs> a two hour show and uh the rest of the hour and a half we'll be talking about last week's movie news and things that we heard that we're interested in uh regarding movies and a little bit of tv shows but uh, let's jump into Matrix Reloaded, the sequel to one of the largest phenomenons at the end of the 20th century. I can speak. I'm going to interrupt you. I think I just accidentally made Yahoo my, my browser. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this was... You truly are living in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Something doesn't feel right here. Yeah. Um, so this movie was actually largely criticized. It, it wasn't as big of a hit as the first one. Yeah, it's um, it, it's pretty... Uh, I, I'd say the second one is probably the most split. I think the first is pretty widely loved. Um, but the second sure. one definitely leans towards the negative um, publicity. Um, and then the third one really goes downhill, which we can't wait to do. I mean, um, I think... Oh, reason... it goes downhill? Yeah, it well, does not does not recover. <laughs> I think that the reason for that is that two and three tried to follow up with a, a deeper and more complex story, and a lot of that just went right over everyone's heads. It's very, I mean, like one this there there's a lot of stuff that is said that is kind of world buildy, but two really shows you the world buildy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's where I actually am really fond of this movie is all of the world building this movie does is fascinating to me. Um, just just because we learn more, we learn more about, and, and it goes both ways. We learn more about how the Matrix works, 
but at mm. the same time we also learn more about how the real world works we do um and oh geez uh, <laughs> did the camera just break i was lowering yeah. my monitor but uh yeah and uh so so yeah, I, I just love the world building. Um, I'm sure for a lot of people it's pretty weird though, because uh, it is weird. But I don't know. I just <laughs> rewatched The Fifth Element. That's a weird movie, um, <laughs> and that movie is pretty largely liked. So I don't. Do people want weird stuff or not? I'm a big fan of weird stuff as long as it makes somewhat of sense. So <laughs> before we start going into this movie and like breaking it down or, or talking about what we liked and disliked, what were your thoughts on the movie Taylor? Cause since this is the first time you've seen this. Right. Um, so we watched it last night. Um, I've been anticipating watching it cause I've been, um, eager to continue the saga. Uh, and like right when the movie ended, I was like, okay, yeah, like I like this, like this is fine. But as I've been thinking about it leading up to this podcast, I've been thinking about how others might have in, like viewed it when it came out. And then I've thought about like, okay, well, what, what specifically in the movie did I like and what things did I not like? And I realized like, do you like underground raves? <laughs> yeah. that And that was one of my critiques. Like literally when we were watching it, I, I told Josh, I was like, when is this going to end? Like, when is the story going to start? Like they've been talking about this for like, I feel like it's been 30 minutes, but it was probably only like 15 minutes or so. Like it wasn't too long, but I don't know. I, I mean, definitely like the beginning of the movie till the part that we really start moving. Like yeah. I guess they leave Zion is when we really, yeah, uh, which is weird because it's like we've waited so long to see Zion, and then um, the the stuff at the beginning seeing Zion is really cool, but then we there, there's a lot of uh, weird, weird stuff <laughs> that that happens there. At uh, least the raving has a point. Like there's an actual I, point. I agree with you. I think it does have a point. Um, whether I mean, Morpheus tells tells us, he straight up says that like rave, be loud, shake well, these walls so they can. But but I also think that there's a certain level of it because um, <laughs> my my big critique of it isn't necessarily the rave itself, but like the sexual content that this one delivers. It's quite a lot more. It's so much more than the first. The first one had like none. I mean, also not even like uh, <laughs> just uh, like not even in Zion itself, but later on once you get into the Matrix towards the end of the movie, there's a lot more like. And that's actually what I think fixes it for me. Okay. The stuff that happens later in the movie. And thinking about it, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't fully understand in previous watches of this movie, but I guess having just watched the first one, I was I got to thinking, and this movie is so much about the symbiosis of man and machine. Absolutely. It goes from that for a, a lot of it's hidden. But that first conversation between Neo and the, um, what is he, counselor, chancellor, counselor, um, councilman, um, <laughs> um, the dude he's talking to underneath Zion that he takes him to the engineering levels. Mm -hmm. And the, the councilman says like a lot of people and, and he gives some like insightful things to human nature and whatnot. Um, that like people don't really care how it works as long as it does work. The only time they care is when it breaks. Mm -hmm. uh, and sure, that's all true and fine and dandy and whatnot. But then later, what, what he also additionally says is the stuff about 
are we free from machines in Zion? And they're not. And the answer is no. They're not slaves to machines, but they but are. They, they they have this relationship with the machines that the machines are providing the clean water. Now, they're yes, providing the heat. They're providing like right. And, and so it, it becomes this thing that, and he says, like the the measurement of control is the choice to shut it down. Is that where we have the power to shut these machines down? And then just like in the farms, the machines have the power to shut the farms down, killing all the humans. But that's, then that's... the guy <laughs> says, right, but then we have no clean water. And so you'd have to make that choice, which might make that choice a lot harder. To... I mean, this whole movie is about hard choices. <laughs> yeah. Choice exists. Um, and to, to move away from machines and choose a harder life of getting clean water of making heat to fill that whole cavern um it's not a small area like it's not like a just a little campfire will do i mean just dig further down right <laughs> um and so it, it is interesting um just out of the gate and, and that's where i think some of the sexual content kind of redeems itself is because they show humans relationships with each other at the very beginning but then it goes into um i believe that girl i don't know if it's the middle of the movie or towards the end i i, I have real difficulty scaling the, the one who the actual time the pie pie girl okay <laughs> yes yes um so she's human yes right she's inside the matrix uh, she's inside the matrix and yet a program uh, seduces her maybe wrongfully um but his whole his whole point of doing that is to prove the point that like he had the power to to decide that like like he's showing that he's the one in power and right. that, like, choice doesn't really exist right i i agree but it goes to so you see on one side that human and machine relationship mm -hmm. which is a, a toxic relationship <laughs> But then immediately after his wife program. Yeah, the one their um, partner. His his partner program, his wife program. Um, she is kind of the flip side of him, where maybe he's the toxic relationship. She is that meaningful relationship between man and machine. Well, I mean, it also seems kind of like jilted love because we get the we get told that like at one time they stayed they loved each other like at once it, it right. had been pure and then it kind of because now um i think his name's merovingian is that right yeah that sounds right i um, I, I was trying to avoid his name because i'd never get it right. he, he uh he comes back out of the bathroom or uh, back up out and he's got lipstick and uh, in a couple places um and she's like she's pretty upset about that and so it was like that. I think that's why she asked Neo to, Neo to kiss her. Well, sure. She definitely knows what's going on. She knows he's cheating on her, but, but she also she wants to be loved. She, and she, she wants really to be loved. Him. She wants to be loved like as a human does, where there is actual emotion. Right. There. And yet she's a machine, and so it's those kinds of you can call them paradoxes or weird but, moments in the movie all you want. But at the same time, I think it just further emphasizes that symbiosis. Between I mean, but, man and machine, it doesn't need to be a full-blown relationship, but like, right, just working together. But uh, Merovingian and, and Persephone is the girl's right, name. Right. Yes. Um, they're not the only machine or machines. They're not the only programs 
in in this world that act human like yeah taylor what did you think about all of these new programs we get introduced to we get, we learned that the oracle a character from the first movie who was a human apparently not actually just a program um and how, how did you feel about all these new programs being introduced um, made him want some pie <laughs> um i want that pie i'm just yeah. <laughs> seems like good pie is that why pie is the greatest dessert because <laughs> we live in the matrix and they're all no i'm just kidding there are so many references in this movie to like make us think that we're still in the matrix like that we're actually in the matrix i mean there's a few people that don't like pie but they're um, not the same. I'm pie. I'm talking, okay. <laughs> when it comes to well i'll just say like continuing from the previous question though the the movie as a whole like i guess my biggest quarrel with it and i i don't know what other you know the the reason why people don't like this movie and like maybe don't like the next one and i haven't seen the next one so i'll find more out about you know the the path that this follows but i kind of had the opposite reaction at the end of the movie which is and, and the longer i thought about it the more i kind of fell into this position but i feel like the ending kind of invalidates a lot of the movie like you know, we get the whole love triangle of like the two captains and or the captain leader, whatever the uh, what's his name? Yeah, Log. The, the two captains and the commander. Yep. Yeah. And like, I feel like at the end, it's like. Really, that's kind of all that humans have going for them, which is kind of depressing. Like, it's like like everything that uh, it's not supposed to be like upbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like Morpheus you know morpheus has been looking for the one and then we learn that he's done that six times or at this point no right i yeah wait he why hasn't. he hasn't he Someone hasn't has so yes but morpheus this is the first time that morpheus has tried to find right. the one and he believes he found him within neo Right. But some okay, but the idea is that someone has been someone finds neo and neo ne returns neo is the sixth neo yeah so he is he is the one to we find out later in the movie to make to make a decision um right. <laughs> and, and he is the sixth person to come around to do this so this is the sixth iteration that they've gone through the cycle but that makes me wonder like if neo is so consistently the same why wouldn't he select the same people every time he because, is, but because it's not it's not wait, neo every the, time yeah what it's, do you mean the same so, people so I, I hang on hang on i think what you're believing is that it's neo himself the 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 actual person every single time going through this cycle is that what you we're under the assumption of well i mean we get footage of him like saying different things those right? are different variations of what could be if you notice the way they showed it and i think it's super cool so they show you they like pan past tv screens and different keanu reeves's do different actions but then it would settle on one and it would do an action and then it would zoom in through the screen and show you we're not in the screen anymore because oh that's my phone going off uh, my work phone yeah. okay i guess i understand okay. but, um so so because that's even though the other ones were choices that he could have made those were all reactions to the dialogue he could have made those things but then um it, it zooms into the one that he actually chose yeah and so it, throughout his entire dialogue were presented in the background with all of his choices and that's what kind of lends credence to that a little bit comedic moment when they all swear at the same time right right it was like a guaranteed scenario that he was going to swear there every, yeah, every <laughs> single one of them because like the, yeah the architect is 
I mean, like the, everything that's happening is all based on, you know, the probability, like he, right. he's analyzing probabilities and as like it gets closer to an event, like it hones in. And I guess that's why, in my opinion, that's why it zooms in on a particular one. Cause it's like, Oh, this happens to be an instance in where probability comes out, you know, rolls this number <laughs> and right. this happens. So like, that's why I feel like it's kind of humorous to watch him react to uh, Neo choose love. Cause he's like, Oh, you chose love in this instance. Ah, how about that? Like, maybe you defined the higher probability in this. You know, I I don't know, but what I what to me it resonated the most is is that like it is true. Like we get a very true reality that a lot of what's happened so far in this entire series was not characters deciding like well deciding they're deciding like they're choosing. But it's like the recollection. The choices of, that made for them. Well, it's not choices. I don't see it as choices being made. It's that we're just so hyper predictable that like they know their choices. So it's it's kind of like they have the knowledge of the choices. So are they choices? That's kind of the debate in my opinion. So that's what kind of bothers me. And this movie like kind of like makes me realize like, wow, like so much of like human relationships and aspects in human life are even though we d- deliberate them internally, it's like, well, how many times would you have chose something differently? Like we choose differently based on hindsight, but given a moment without the knowledge of the future, how many times do you choose to go away from the one that you chose in your own life? And, and it kind of makes you think like, would I have chosen anything different? Because you wouldn't have because you chose what you thought you would have chose in that moment based on the information you had. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, it was choice really there then, or is it all there extra, it is. Ex- extroverted? I, or, think, or extra, I think it's important whatever. to external. I think it's important for Taylor and, and for our, our audience to kind of know the story of like what actually why is there, like what we talked about being the sixth iteration. Right. So basically the architect tells us, uh, and he, I love this part of the movie because the architect is like, he's not hiding behind anything. He just straight up tells you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, now granted, it's it's very verbose and it's very like thick, but if you can like break it down, what he says, it, he tells you everything. So this is the, the sixth iteration of the Matrix. Uh, and uh, like the Matrix itself is nearly perfect and it catches like 99% of human, humans stuck inside of it. Right. So 99% of humanity stays within the matrix and they, they don't feel like they don't get that. They accept the reality. Exactly. Because in the first movie we, we get told like Neo is starting to question reality. Um, but yeah, 99% of humans are fine with it, but that 1% eventually find their way there and they wake up. And usually it's with the help of other humans that are outside, but like they right. wake up. Uh, and then we've, and we, learned that the machines always knew about zion they let zion be on its own so that humans can gather there all in one place and then they wipe them out all at the same time right. uh and so <laughs> the 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 matrix like i guess the architect um i don't know if he chooses someone no or... it, it's it's just a of circumstance that it will happen it, it's an eventuality so it's not necessarily that... like Okay. Yeah. yeah. The so, one person so, rises up and, and they're. Yeah. So basically, any talks about this, that the first matrix was like too was perfect. perfect. Um, and so they had too many anomalies. Mm-hmm. And so immediately realized that wasn't going to work. Um, and so then they created 
um, the second matrix, which was also that problem, <laughs> a little bit better though, um, and until basically the oracle was created, and the oracle advises the architect to um, basically the oracle create what we know the world to be, <laughs> uh, because despite the suffering it, it's it creates an environment of the most acceptance right because um, humans can't accept perfection like we expect right. there to be something wrong and if, if we're in a situation like i mean we have this if you if you've ever like sat somewhere and be like hmm this like this is weird something hasn't gone wrong yet this seems like too perfect it's something is going right. too well right people yeah, say I'm, that all the time like too too many things are going well in their life they're like something's got to go wrong exactly <laughs> Yeah, and, and it, where, where's, the, where's the karma, right? Like, right. You could also like imagine like in this reality where everything's perfect. Like, if someone begins to disbelieve something, they can easily test against it. So you almost wondered like, was it literally set up to make sure that like humans cannot die in this reality? Like, literally, they can just live eternally in in all like food is so easy to get. Like, food is pretty much just spawned in like. You know, basically, you can indulge all your senses. In so the what first one? Yeah, because it's like if you want humans to live, and you want them to continue being batteries, you don't want them. Uh, I mean, eventually, I, the I guess the first thought is what things right. would make them radical and like chaotic. Well, any kind of suffering, right? Like right. people in suffering situations will do radical things. But then it's like, well, you kind of have that other end where it's like with too much perfection, it's like I need chaos. They create what is purpose. Yeah. yeah. I am curious. So so Merovingian uh, and Persephone, or at least Merovingian is like he's kind of like the god of the afterlife. Like his program <laughs> his his job is to like um basically run whatever the equivalent of the human afterlife is in within the matrix and Whoa, what gives you that impression uh i believe we're told that at one point not necessarily like i believe I mean, they mentioned afterlife at some point he might see it that way um, <laughs> oh, well that's that's what he was in play like we don't know how long they've been there like we're, we're told they're very very old uh but i don't know if they're there from like the first iteration of the matrix or brought in so later. i'm pretty sure though that them even the oracle um the key key maker key master oh, key maker key maker all of them i believe are old programs no i mean they are they're very old his programs. his ghosts uh the twins um the uh the silver bullet <laughs> dudes um but uh they're they're all old programs from an older version of the matrix that uh, that I think have been slipping through the Matrix versions, kind of. Well, and they're kinda. not actually supposed to be part of the current version of the Matrix, yes. mm -hmm. and that's why the agents are almost more after the old programs than they are the humans. Well, because like once program, and, and that's kind of what happened to Agent Smith. Um, because he yeah. kind of gone down the same route. So basically, I think yeah, like Agent Smith is kind of almost an old program. Well, not necessarily an old program, but he but, he went rogue. Yeah, that's right. the issue. He broke free from it. And when programs get to the end of their life, they're supposed to like go back to the source and be killed. Um, but if at that point you decide no, I want to live, whatever, they go rogue, and then that's that's what the ghosts are. That's what I think the werewolf is. That's right. And that that's kind of a cool thing that like all of the legends that we have are based on. Right. right? Like, like, there, there, there's some truth to them. 
And that's another thing that they discussed. They're old computer programs. Yeah, that's what's supposed to like in our world be like. Oh, like if you ever heard of ghosts, that's that's old. It's programs that haven't gone to yeah, chose to go rogue. It says that uh, I was reading like the Oracle describes him as quote unquote one of the oldest of us when she's talking about the Merovingian, right? And apparently, the Merovingians in real life were a Frankish dynasty, so France. And uh, they are known as the first race of kings of France. So that would make sense from based on real history because it's like, oh, he loves the French language. Well, yeah, so he likes French. So he's he's from France. And he uh, also um, the first race of kings. So basically like the first rulers known among, you know, a semi large group of people, which is kind of interesting because like. If they are one of the first simulations, then it makes sense that they're one of the first rulers in this. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe he was a king program. And then after yeah. sev- a couple iterations of the Matrix, they were like, well, obviously, we do not need um, kings to be programs. They can just be other humans. Um, mm-hmm. Because right. now it's kind of a self fulfilling simulation that regulates itself to a certain degree. And I also thought it was really funny how the two like muscle heads for Merovingi were werewolves. They had to be killed with silver bullets. And right. also their names are uh, Cain and Abel. Nice. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah. So I really, I, I thought that was really fun. I really liked how they, th- like any kind of reference of like weird things in our world being explained by the matrix, like the, you know, glitches are just like reloading of an area like right. uh not glitches but uh deja vu yeah deja vu's are reloadings of areas changed yeah yeah my chunks just aren't loading in <laughs> yeah i have a bad render distance that's yeah. why i'm blind <laughs> all right hear me out neo made the wrong decision i mean th- there's certainly an explanation there yes that he made the wrong decision i don't agree with that but uh there there is kind of a it's kind of set up for us to think that he makes the wrong decision well <laughs> so he he made the decision blinded by love like that he 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 wanted to save trinity see but i don't say it's blinded by love okay so you he, you say like he made the choice out of love like that's he, the one. he makes the choice out of love and because of that now this this kind of becomes a very tropey thing but i i think there's one of the better ways of telling this story it's love, Tars um, love. It's love, Tars love. This is literally exactly what happens in Interstellar. People love Interstellar. So it's it, and it's the exact same mes- message. Which planet is the one that's actually survivable in Interstellar? It just happens to be the one that her old boyfriend went to. And because everyone thought she was making the choice blinded by love, mm-hmm. they they uh, dismissed her opinion. What was the issue was right. with now there were other ones that were closer and could obviously should have obviously been checked first, but it, it, it goes to all of that, that the only reason that makes us so human yeah. <laughs> uh, was it... this movie is love it yeah. is our ability to love a singular other person. Wasn't the thing in interstellar that like he gave accurate data about the planet and he was like, oh, this is essentially like a Martian planet, but it's got plenty of oxygen or whatever. 
like, but he, he, he gave accurate information. And the issue was the other guy, uh, what's his name? Actor, uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon. He painted his world as like literally perfect. Like, I mean, other than the ice, but yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> like they, he says that it's like a warm planet with all this stuff. And when they get there, they're like, this doesn't look right. Maybe it's under all this stuff. Oh, and then they maybe. realize like, Oh yeah. Right. But it doesn't, when he land, they land, he's like, Oh yeah, we're in the ice clouds. Everything is under it all. But in reality, that's not true. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he de he definitely lies about his story. Um, and his planet the data. The main reason they don't go to uh, Edmund, is that is that what it was? Yeah, their planet. Um, Edward, Edwin, Edmund. Um, the, the main reason they don't go to that third one is because he stopped broadcasting, whereas Dr. Mann's kept broadcasting. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe is the main reason. Mm -hmm. um and i mean like that's a pretty good reason <laughs> why again, did it it has to go to this serendipity of love being the true answer it's love tars love one of the greatest lines in cinematic history <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know how i feel though about matrix 2 now that i've thought about it a lot i mean i think it's interesting that he can control the stuff outside of the matrix <laughs> so that one <laughs> theories uh right that that moment and it's i i, I don't want to say it's explained in the third one because it really isn't a whole lot um, that sparked a bunch of theories which are still kind of talked about that you so we have the 99 percent of humans are fine with the matrix and then that one percent get out so what would be what would be a better method so like if the machines waste all this effort and, and time whatnot um fighting humans and then wiping them out all at once or <laughs> have there be a second matrix so like 99 be an inception level matrix exactly so 99 percent of humans are stuck in what we call the matrix one percent of that get out to the real world however that is also another level of the matrix and then 99 percent of right. those people are stuck there and then one percent get out to the real world I mean, think about it. There's only been arguably six people, the Neos. And right. maybe the other five didn't even do that, but potentially the way the third one is, maybe our Neo, Keanu Reeves, is actually the first one in, what, 200 years? So if that's the case, that's a pretty good... That would that That's would a pretty solid life. simulation. Right, right. Um, and yeah, so... I, I definitely kind of agree with that, especially with, I mean, it's tough to say whether it's, I mean, I mean, definitely the Neo, we'll find using, out the fourth one. Neo using his abilities in the real world. It's inexplainable by anything else other than this theory. I feel like other than that, like there was something like, I, I think the, the other explanation that it's not the matrix is that like, some of their oh like, because he he, he interfaced yeah. with smith and just like how smith can come into the human world he was able to interact he can kind them. of go into the machines yeah uh yeah i i guess i guess that's fine i accept that as well um like if you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of this being <laughs> an, an inception matrix but we gotta uh, find out how deep the rabbit hole goes man exactly exactly <laughs> I mean, I do have a feeling that we'll find out probably definitively in the fourth movie. One way or Matrix other. Four should be called Wonderland. Ooh. <laughs> if it if it 
has an R as its like secondary word. Renderland. Renderland. <laughs> I think it should be called like Redux or something. And now not Redux, gosh. Uh, <laughs> but something in that vein, maybe. Um, rewrite. No. Uh, <laughs> redone. Remade. Ooh. Remade. Hmm. Um, Matrix is probably the only movie title that could get away with a movie title like remade. Yeah. <laughs> Rematrixed. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think Agent Smith's story is really interesting. Um, fully breaking free, and now he can assimilate. I mean, he should stand programs like alike. What if? What if he just went good? Like he stops well, trying that's the, to. That's kind talk. of the thing that he's presented with is that like he could be good. But he doesn't. But he chooses not to be. Right. Um, Honestly, I really like this mov movie from the story it told. Like from where it, where it went after the first one. Fantastic. Uh, like watching the movie, it's <laughs> it's not not the best. Um, the bullet points are sometimes a little bit better than the movie. Itself. Right. If you if you read the spark notes of this movie, it's fantastic. Right. I think uh, I think it has really cool action. Uh from start especially to finish. From being in 2003, like the graphics are pretty good for 2003. That's what I'm saying like I'm sure a lot of people complain about the graphics in the same way they complain about the prequels graphics, but it's like all this stuff was like top of the line when it came out. Right. Like I <laughs> I I want to see in 10 years when our definition of graphics is something completely different. What we're saying about avatar because <laughs> like avatar does look fantastic, but what are we saying after 20 years? Right. right. When the second one comes out, what are we going to say? Like comparing the second one to the first one, <laughs> right? How much of a visual difference is there going to be? Uh, and so it's like avatar two now with ray tracing, criticizing something based on the graphics of its own time. Like if it's using, if, if it was using like 1970s graphics and this movie was made in 2003, I think sure. that's a fair, a fair point. You should always compare it to the graphics of its, of its own time. I think that's a really good way. Like, to... That's a weird criticism to have of older movies, <laughs> like, like silent films, right? Like criticizing silent films for being silent. Yeah. It's because they literally could not have sound back then. Like that's such an absurd criticism. They should remake it with sound. No, that ruins it. They wouldn't have made that specific movie if they had, could have sound. Sure. Um, they're definitive choices because of the limitations of their technology. Um, and every once in a while we get movies such as um, uh, THX, whatever George Lucas's first movie was. 1776 1176 no, um uh that one pushed down barriers of sound uh the matrix pushed down barriers of visuals i mean like every once in a while we get these movies avatar pushing down barriers of graphics uh we get these movies that push us forward but it's like without those movies you you should really just accept the the mediocre movie the mediocre graphic movies of their times <laughs> um but otherwise, yeah, the action I think is super cool in this one, uh, especially the Smith Neo fight. It's just, it's really long, but it's so cool because there's like, 
I really wish they would have moved out of that basketball court, <laughs> out of that courtyard, and just like had them fight all around New York or something. That's more money in CGI. But... It's a lot more money in CGI, uh, which is probably why they didn't do it, to be honest. But uh, I just now realized, though, the fight scenes in four are going to be incredible. One of the key things. I'm so excited. Is Hugo Weaving coming back? Do we know that? That's true. I don't know. I don't know. He I'm going to go check. Neo is yes. quote unquote the one, right? And he's he on is, his he he's on one. his sixth iteration, right? It he is not. The Matrix is. Yeah. So but but so but, I, but here's the thing. He that means five iterations of Neo before him no, have chosen not not of him, but like of, the, not the, him, the, but the archetype. of the one. The archetype of Neo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one. Yes. I, I just want to be clear. Not yes. Neo, the one. Right. Yes. All previous five ones have chose to pick the right twenty-three board. people. Yeah. Yes, they all chose to to go back in and restart humanity. Every single time. It kind of begs the question: the Why the architect Neo, was offering the previous guys a choice? <laughs> those twenty-three people viewed that version of the one as the one, yes. and the next Neo or the one is always the second. No reincarnation because that's oh I, I see what the twenty three wouldn't know about I, I see what you're saying so when Morpheus I think what you're getting Morpheus at, thinks he's the second coming Mor but in Mor reality then you're right then you're right then you're he right. was brought in by the first one right and he's now looking for the second one I I mean I think that that has some credence for sure yeah I, uh, but I, that's I, happened four or five times now. right there's always been a Morpheus out there looking for the second coming when in reality right. it's just constantly going through that's probably why it's almost the realization that morpheus has or not realization but like when he's presented with that knowledge he wants to reject it because he's like no it can't it can't be that deep right i mean that, that's the tragedy of it i've been motivated by what the system wants. even outside of the matrix they're still being motivated outside by... of the matrix right, right, right. <laughs> but, but, if like... we want to combine theories yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like even outside of the matrix they're still being more or less controlled but predicted by the machines the machines allow zion to happen until the neo makes his choice of his 23 and then they wipe out whatever zion there is um and whatever neon accepts that choice just to make sure that humanity has some sort of uh survivors i haven't seen three but i'm really curious to see how the combined choices or differences of Neo not choosing the door this time, or the right. one not choosing the door, Neo is the one, but him not choosing the door, and also the rogue program being in the real world now. I Because I, I feel like that's got to be pretty unique too. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about Smith coming into the real world. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. This and that's how the movie happens. ends. Um, so maybe that's why three's bad. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's so interesting, right? Is that like he's the only survivor. If that's that, that's kind of the question, right? Because maybe the machines are just as slaves as the humans are, to a certain extent. Whoa! In this larger matrix, maybe there are extraterrestrials that are enslaving the machines and the people. Turns out. 
it's uh, actually humans that are enslaving the machines and the machines think they're enslaving humans but they right. don't actually <laughs> so exist many, so many layers it's gonna uh, zoom out like it's gonna zoom out from like the city, city, city it city, just city. sounds like a rick and marty episode I <laughs> I wonder, like one dude sitting at a computer running a simulation <laughs> and he, he he just types in um print f hello world <laughs> and that's everything that happens <laughs> um go ahead taylor I was just going to say, like, it's. I want to go ahead and watch three already so I can read the wiki pages before four comes out. But, um, <laughs> well, you got plenty of time before four comes out. Yeah, I know. But, uh, I'm, it's curious because, like, if there is a, I mean, four is being made. So that means there has to be either they're starting a new saga or they're picking off where they left off. And so, I don't want to know that answer. But so, it also means that. Maybe that's why three sucks so bad. Well, it, well so we, we don't know we don't know much about the story so far. We do know castings. We have some castings. And uh we, we can say what they are now if you want. Otherwise that well, might is be... Keanu coming back? Keanu yes. is coming back, Carrie Ann Moss is coming back as Trinity. Now uh Lawrence Fishburne, I believe, is not coming back as Morpheus, but we did get a younger actor casted as Morpheus, I believe. No. Um, no, no, I, I think it's still rumored as Morpheus. So I guess there's potential that it could be like a Morpheus's son or. Uh, we have Merovingian cast according to IMDb. Is it the same guy? I don't know who the original Lambert Wilson. I don't know. I mean, well, you, uh, that's I, will, I will go I, check. That's oh, Lambert Thanks Wilson. for confirmation. Um, I will <laughs> say, as of four days ago, uh, HBO Max released like uh, little snippets of everything that's coming out this year. And they released something for Matrix Four. Oh, I have not seen that. It's not any footage. Uh, no. It's strictly what looks like to be the logo, and it's just Matrix. Oh, right, 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 right. It says Gosh, that uh, not, the purpose of Matrix. One word. Why do they do this? It's just Matrix. Wait, so we have the Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions. Then we have Matrix, Matrix which, mind you, will be casted. Now you told me the story, Ian. We'll have Carrie Ann Moss acting in it, which she was also in an unrelated Matrix titled <laughs> film called Matrix. Yeah, that was came out in 1993. I think it was like an uh, like a spy thriller. I'm pretty sure. So, and, and I mean, these movies are kind of spy thrillers, right? Yeah, maybe. What else would they be? Yeah, it's a genre all its own. It's a <laughs> no, it's not. No. Uh, an action spy thriller, I guess. Which I mean, a spy thriller probably is. Um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, uh, they they really tried to. Another reason for people possibly looking at these Matrix sequels pretty negatively is uh, they. I mean, as you saw at the end of two, it says to be concluded, to be continued. Um, I think it even says concluded, which is pretty funny now that we're getting to Matrix 4. Uh, but they really wanted to originally release them just a couple of months away from each other because they realized it was too long to be one movie. So they wanted to release them close to each other so that it would be fresh in people's minds. Uh, however, Warner Brothers, uh, in their infinite wisdom, I don't know if anyone can hear the sarcasm in my voice, decided to space out the sequels quite a bit. Um, uh, not not more than a year, but they, they decided to space out the sequels from each other quite a bit. From, and uh, that was uh, potentially 
one of the reasons amongst other things for which franchise um for uh negative feedback on this uh in these sequels which franchise are you talking about here sorry I was the, the matrix uh two and three came out uh the same year and yes. they were supposed to come out just like one month from each other uh, however they did not they came out several months from each other um, because Warner Brothers probably didn't want to compete with other movies that were coming out at those times. I'm sure it made logistical sense. However, story sense, it uh, potentially diminished the telling. Right. Uh, I will say, so I found out uh, Lambert Wilson is coming back. He's reprising the role of Merovingian. That's sweet. Uh, he's he's, <laughs> now, he's, he's uh, not in three, is he? I don't he remember him in three. Uh, well, Google tells me he was in three. And I don't okay. Remember exactly. I, 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 I guess this will be like watching three for the first time. <laughs> he's not, uh, on, according to IMDb, he's not credited with the role in, in Matrix. Um, Four? Or? Uh, reload it. Maybe, oh, weird. Maybe I, I, I'm going to try to find that, uh, which I think is funny. But yeah, so we have a few people uh, cast for Matrix 4. Uh, quite a few people that are like uh, credited Returning. to the movie, but we don't have names yet. Yeah, yeah. Roles, so that's rather interesting. I mean, that happens. It does uh, until we know what the movie is. It, it allows about. us. It allows us to to speculate. Right. Um. But yeah, uh, five neos chose general humanity before, and the reason why this neo is probably is the neo is because he chooses love tars love and uh which which means something i, I mean, mean he's they, the only one of them that made a decision that allows the story to continue we're, we're in uncharted i mean continue in a different way it would continue the same way <laughs> sure but look, it, yeah yes that, that's the thing that kind of makes it interesting and i was thinking about it the matrix movies almost feel like now these are straight from the minds of the wachowskis um i believe i don't think they're based on anything right um but yeah. uh it all despite it not being based on anything it almost feels like it falls into the genre of a young adult uh novel adaptation um j just in certain beats not necessarily Maybe the beats. action or in the tone i mean like the cinematography is its own thing i think i, I think but, there's much more story and much more depth to these movies than i don't know because it's like if you think about it it's it starts with someone living in a society now the society to us is a normal society we find out it's kind of different levels of dystopias Mm -hmm. um that like normal society is a dystopia because it's inside of a farm um and so he's like the giver you know <laughs> like uh he's the kid that that gets to see the color and he gets to look at it from the outside outside the bubble um did you read and, the sequel? uh of the giver no no oh, okay um but so so he gets to go outside and he has like mentor figures and whatnot um and friends and family outside there who all die and there there ends up becoming this war right um and and i think it's obviously like a a, a unique story but I, I think there's just a lot of beats that are it's similar in tone to i guess sure if you want to break breaking it down. out of dystopia stories which tend to be 
what YA novels focus on. There's definitely <laughs> um, some of that, yeah. Uh, a majority of them, not all of them. But uh, so, so I, when I was thinking about it, uh, I thought about it a little bit with the first one, but with the second one, I was like, eh, it kind of continues it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, I mean, like, that, that's not to diminish it, and it's not to diminish other YA novelization movies. I mean, uh, a lot of them are cultural phenomenons. <laughs> I mean, Harry Potter is technically a YA novelization, novel adapted, right? Like, yep. um, so it's no diminishment on the genre or the movie. Like, uh, if anything, it's a compliment. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think we've butchered this movie enough. Yeah. I can't wait to remember why I don't like revolutions. Cause I do like two. I, and I, I like Sorry. reloaded a heck of a lot more than I even used to. Um, now the, I still think the emphasis on the sexual content is a little weird because the first one didn't set up that level at all. <laughs> That's what sequels are for. Yeah, to break down barriers. The elevation of sexual content. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Explains no movies, <laughs> except this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is the You're part right. of the show where we start jumping into last week's movie news. Uh, however, before I do that, I just want to remind everyone to like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening to us. Give us a follow on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision. Also go join the Facebook group, like the Facebook page, uh, so you can get notified whenever we're talking about movies and TV shows and whatnot. Also check us out on Saturday, where we'll be reviewing episode three of WandaVision at 5 p.m. Just kidding. 12... Is it 12 p.m.? Is that noon? Yep. I'm just going to say yep. noon. Yep. 12 a.m. Is, is midnight. Right. You're right. Uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be doing WandaVision episode three this week. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to hand the reins off to Ian so that he can run us down these mo movies, movie news yep. list things. <laughs> How many other okay. words can I add to this sentence? You can, you can keep talking, man. I'm sure there's some. Uh, well, I feel like this is kind of like the way we start off each uh, movie news segment each week. It's kind of a uh, tradition. So we've got more movies being moved. Yay. Uh, unsurprising, we've got a movie being pushed further back. However, rather surprisingly, we've got one coming pushing forward. Yeah, really weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know. So the one being pushed back, uh, the next installment in the James Bond um, IP, uh, No Time to Die, is leaving Easter weekend, and I believe going to October. Uh, yes, I believe that's correct. Yes, so it's it, leaving April 2nd and headed to uh, sometime in the fall. And I'm not sure if there's an exact date set for that yet. Um, not really surprising. Uh, I know that like with James Bond, like they really try and get that UK crowd because that's kind of like... Right, for sure. Home. And the UK is being bullied by coronavirus right now. Right, so. they're in heavy lockdowns. Uh, so, I mean, with that being there, e even though it probably does make more money outside of the UK, but, um, they still want to get like the, the <laughs> home court, right? The home, the home field advantage. Yep. Uh, you, you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, cause that's just leaving money on the table. Uh, <laughs> so it makes sense. I'm disappointed by the news. I understand why it's happening. Of course. Right. But, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, anytime a movie gets pushed further away, it's. 
something I wanted to see and disappointing. Well, I'm really excited because I might be able to go see um, No Time to Die with my kids one day. I mean, <laughs> that you, seems you, like the trend. I mean, are you saying something none of us know, Taylor? Would you like to break some news? No, just Taylor's kidding. pregnant. <laughs> I am That's pregnant. Uh, man, so this is this will be the. So wait, what was the last movie? The James Bond movie? Was Spectre. Skyfall? This, this, Spectre? Okay. Yeah, this is number 25. Okay. And that came out in 20... Oh, geez. Oh, you're right. This is like one of the first times that's been more than a three-year gap. If right, that's this, right, right now it's at five. Because 2015. And it yes, could push... Yes, with 15. If, if, it does, if it gets pushed back from October, which hopefully... I, I really hope it's not going to get pushed back again. Oh my gosh. I want to see this movie so bad. I want to see Rami Malek doing his weird stuff about cleaning the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> he just wants, see, see, that's what, that's the kind of villain we need nowadays with COVID. This is a guy that wants to clean the world. He He's evil for no it. No viruses will be uh, on any surface. He just wants Clorox wipes for everyone. What's so wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think this will be, so this will this will be uh, Daniel Craig's last iteration, and you know we'll get it. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 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 been doing it a while. Yes, um, yes, I think this this one all. I think with this one, he's one short of Sean Connery. I don't have the. Breakdown. I want to say Sean Connery did seven. It's possible he did eight. I think seven came to my mind too. So we'll see. Um, and this will be six for Daniel Craig, which. Two complete trilogies, and they're all somewhat cohesive into each other. Um, I don't know. I think Pierce somewhat. Brosnan would be uh, in the running for most. How many does he have? Not that many, I don't think. Well, it's more than Tony Dalton, who only has two. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that one guy who only has one. Has one. Uh, Roger Moore has quite a few. I think he he has like five. Let's see. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, this is a movie that like the longer it's been taking, uh, he did four. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, four. The world is not enough. Golden Eye. Trying to think of the other two. Oh, you don't have to like put me on the spot like that. Um. No, that's world is not enough. Uh, Die another day. Ooh, what's the last one I'm missing? Uh, tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. A lot of death in his. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Pierce Brosnan and James Bond, but uh, yeah, th this is a movie. It's weird. They're, so with all these movies getting pushed around and whatnot, it's kind of showed me my excitement level for them. If you're like, oh, no. Or and I am disappointed that this movie is getting pushed away, but I have noticed that every time James Bond gets pushed back, I'm becoming less and less excited for it. Oh yeah, definitely. Whereas like Black Widow was pushed around three times, the exact same amount of times I think as James Bond, almost to similar months um, until this latest move by James Bond. Um, and like that hasn't diminished, right? Now, granted, I'm a huge MCU fan. Um, maybe for James Bond fans, it's the opposite. Um, but like, I don't know, Black Widow hasn't diminished at all my excitement for it uh marbius just moved i i'm i just really want to see that movie i'm really intrigued um whereas like i don't know no time to die there's a certain aspect of james bond movies that are all kind of the same um even though i enjoy every single one of them uh and so it's just like 
I'm just waiting longer and longer to see a lot of beats that I already know. <laughs> so it's like James Bond. Question for Taylor and, and Josh. When you think of James Bond, what is the first movie that pops to mind? I don't, like, know. If you, I don't know. If you, if like if you're thinking of a James Bond scene, what is a scene that pops like what? It's movie? Casino Royale, the gambling, the poker. Mine is skiing and on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's a great scene. Uh, I don't know how many James Bond Taylor has actually seen. Even if you haven't seen that many, it's this is not a question <laughs> to like say, oh, how many James Bonds have you seen? But like, what just when you think of James Bond, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Well, definitely um, the new guy. Like, that's all the advertisements I've seen growing up. So, okay, yeah. I mean, that's who James Bond to me is. I wasn't, I didn't watch the Sean Connerys when I was a kid or anything. So, the yeah. other scene and. Uh, my dad would disown me if I didn't say this. I'm just kidding. He wouldn't. But uh, I think it's my dad's favorite scene. And it's it's so iconic in James Bond folklore. And it's um, Sean Connery. And I'm totally the man with the golden gun. And, <laughs> um, and it's the, the laser. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. No, I expect you to die. <laughs> Uh, it's such an iconic thing and even the 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 iconography of that shot um is so used in pop culture of the laser coming down the middle getting ready to cut james bond in half that that might be the most iconic scene of james bond ever other than him turning a corner and pointing a gun at the camera circle and then just the logo but uh Yep, disappointing James Bond's moving. I uh, I'd say if I had to choose the second one real quick, it would be uh, James Bond's wife dying in the drive. That wow, that's a it. I don't I don't know if that's super iconic, but it's. It, I mean, it doesn't that, need to be iconic, but that, yeah. I think it's Bond. That's the other thing I think. That's really cool because that's a pretty. Uh, that was a very different scene than a lot of other James Bond iterations. I think that's probably why I, I remember it is because like that seems so unlike the rest of the character. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's move along. So what was the, the other good news, <laughs> yeah, the good news, the one that's moving up, which I am genuinely surprised about. This uh, Godzilla versus Kong is moving up uh, to March. Is Morbius upset about this? So Morbius had an April or had a March date, and then left to go to the end of the year. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I believe, was in like August or something. Yeah, um, uh, now, it was in May, late May. And is now basically taking Morbius's slot, more or less. But why? Do they think this is going to make less money than Morbius might? I mean, it's two different studios, first off. So, like, the sure. same people making decisions are not the... That's fair. That's fair. Making all of the decisions. Um, so, so, I don't know if it's anything like that. But Sony didn't want to take the hit. Warner Brothers is willing to risk it, whether it's a hit takes the hit or not i mean i don't exactly know how much godzilla versus kong would make i mean uh, most of them make like since, uh, i don't think so i think they're half a billion okay because they're very expensive movies to make right um yeah i think they're upwards of 500 million um something that's interesting about this is warner brothers had uh like netflix wanted to buy this from them like to to show it like uh, solely on netflix i guess uh th so there, there was like a 200 uh 200 million like 
$200 million just sitting on the table being like, all right, right. give us the movie. And Warner Bros. like, no, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that kind of added to the um, to Legendary, the production company right. of this movie, kind of being really angry about Warner Brothers' whole HBO Max theatrical hybrid release idea is because they were like, wait, you're telling me we could have just made our money back, most of it, some of it, maybe even $10 million profit. I don't know how much they actually spent on the movie. But uh, we could have just gotten that $200 million and not had to worry about this movie again. It could have been right. off, our, off our documents, <laughs> off the balance sheet. Uh, we could have just done that. But then you decided not to do that. And instead, we're all still only going to see the theatrical money HBO Max, we have no way of gaining any money from that. So the theatrical models cut cut its legs off during COVID and <laughs> all these things. And then they're like, and you refuse that? So I definitely understand why they're angry. But looks like they were able to negotiate a certain amount of payment to Legendary to get this, um, to maintain a hybrid release. Um, that was announced a month ago. Yeah. Um, but then even moving up, up into March. Now to end this, now, that's uh, competing with another Warner Brothers movie, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gonna be so upset. <laughs> uh, to end this movie uh, release date, uh, high note on a low note. Uh, did you see that the Sopranos prequel got moved? Uh, I was that in the same article. I, I must have missed yeah, over so that. Yeah, the end. So uh, the the Many Saints of Newark got moved from March twelfth to September twenty fourth. Oh, I did not see that. Oh, so it took that movie slot. I guess. Uh, interesting. Huh. And where did it move to? Uh, September 24th. September. Maybe that's where Godzilla was. So maybe they just swapped. Weird. Well, Godzilla was in May, May 21st. I don't know what's going on over they're, at they're juggling. They're juggling movie slots. The it's... other thing I was just thinking of is, uh, even though I was kidding about Tom and Jerry competing with Godzilla versus Kong, I'm sure they're two different markets <laughs> for the most part. But doesn't Zack Snyder's Justice League get released on HBO Max in March? Yes. I mean, I'm not saying that people actually have to choose, but like <laughs> But if you're gonna if you're gonna keep subscribers, you don't want to release all your content in one month. Uh so yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. So uh, maybe they wanna is a little odd. I think March is very exciting for HBO Max. Yeah. Um but uh moving right along. Uh, we've got some trailers. Yeah, it's been a while. It's it has, uh, which is actually <laughs> exciting to like. It's like a it's like when you scare like animals in the underbrush and then you stop moving and they slowly start coming back. So like, I mean, COVID I, scared I, us away. I, I was, was, <laughs> that that's a good analogy. I I was hearing someone talk about this, um, and these movies kind of fall into that with their expected uh, release dates. Um, is that there are movies coming out and like three or four months that we haven't seen a shot of. Right. <laughs> and it's like, sure, I get it. They're hesitating the, the possibility of uh, moving again. Um, and I am definitely against um, the super premature marketing. Um, anything more than six months, I believe is premature. I even think six months is premature. It's like um, on the, on the border. Th this is kind of the ideal for me. It's just the only reason why it's not, um, is because we've had such a lack of information on things. Uh, whereas if we are constantly getting news about something that was X amount of time out, it wouldn't feel like a lull. My ideal is like three or four months, kind of like what we're seeing recently. Um, 
however the industry standard uh tends to be about six months however there are precedent for um like up to a year uh we see that frequently with december releases we'll still see super bowl ads for <laughs> and i always think that's the strangest thing ever because it's like wait you released first trailer in january second trailer is not going to be like till august and then third trade like what what why am i even bother devoting any hype to this movie you get hype and then it's like oh well it's gone there's nothing <laughs> nothing for a year right um but yeah what trailers we got so we got a trailer for tom holland's new thriller movie called cherry uh, and we've got one uh, for Frank Frank Grillo and uh, Frank Grillo's action movie uh, Boss Level. <laughs> There's so many people in that movie, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> I haven't looked at a, a, a list yet, but uh, I guess let's, let's talk about uh, Cherry first. Yeah. So crazy enough, and I doubt he filmed them all directly back to back but because of the COVID of it all the circumstances changed so tom holland has four movies coming out this year wild <laughs> that's a lot of tom holland at least four the four that we know of or that we know of so far who knows what november has in store um, what do you guys think of this trailer it's interesting i'm super intrigued I don't totally know what to think. Is it supposed to have like a supernatural slash sci-fi element or is it just PTSD? I think it's just PTSD. <laughs> and like, but the way it's portrayed is so interesting, but like he has like PTSD before he goes to war. Like maybe he has a really bad childhood. I don't know, but uh he, so he's a pretty smart kid. He's got a lot figured out and he's even like, he's got a girl, like life is pretty good for him. And then he chooses to go to war. A lot of people do uh, because he just wants, he wants something that's like a little bit more unpredictable, such as fighting on a battlefield. A lot of people will describe that as the least predictable thing in human <laughs> existence. Um, and so he, he chooses to go to war and, but like, I don't know, there's just something about the trailer that feels so off to me. And maybe it is just that our protagonist isn't super stable, but it does feel weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an odd one. Um, Taylor, what are your thoughts? You're muted. Tay. So, uh, it's based on a book. Um, but, it's definitely going to be a heavy hitter. I mean, like the book yeah, seems imagine. really intense. Um, but uh, the book follows through. Uh, so so it goes over his time in college and then he joins the war in Iraq and um, he gets addicted to opium after returning. Um, and that's why he robs banks to fuel his opium addiction. Right. And all while, you know, he's got this romance going on with, his, you know, his support, uh, you know, like his romantic support, I guess, like, you know, the, yeah. the woman who gives him purpose, I guess. But like, I mean, he, he's to me, he's such a young looking guy. So it's like so kind of strange to see him in such adult, serious 
I mean, you know, he's our age, and that kind of description of events is definitely someone at 24 year old. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, going through college, serving four to five years in Iraq, um, and then robbing banks or whatever. But like, he's actually the, the correct age. He, he does have a very youthful Young face. face. Um, and so does the girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, way too long to realize that. That was Katie Knight from Big Time Rush. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I totally thought they were even because of how young she looks, more so than him. I kind of thought they were playing high schoolers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and maybe there's a little bit in high school and a little bit in college. I don't know. But uh, she's our age too. Right. But so they just two very youthful looking like I don't. They don't have my sunken eyes from four <laughs> years of engineering work um, and constant work behind a computer uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to weigh them down. So good for them. They're are you guys aspire to. Are you guys excited for this movie? Yes and no. No and yes. <laughs> so yes, as a blanket statement, the only reason I have no is that it's an Apple original and I won't be able to watch it. So I stopped myself from getting excited for it. I agree. I don't think it's an Apple original. I think they just got the license rights. Well, so right. it's, it's, it's exclusive, but Netflix, like Netflix still calls those originals, I think. So original they doesn't do, I mean, really mean, even if they're not the ones who it's if original not, not the to the platform, if yeah. they're the ones who purchased yeah. it and it, and it airs only on their platform, they can still call it a Netflix original. I Yes, I, I think if it's the the corporate uh, production company is mm -hmm. what warrants an original, because the same thing is true for a lot of Amazon originals. The Boys, The Boys is an Amazon original. It's a comic book. Um, Man in High Castle, almost all of Amazon's originals are actually books. <laughs> Wait, the production company? Yeah, so Amazon is the production company. Oh, okay. one, one of them. I mean, I'm sure they're collabing with a lot of other companies. Because, yeah, like right. Apple didn't produce this. They're just distributing. They bought the distribution rights. Uh, no, they are producing it. They made the movie. It says right? uh, AGBO and right. Hideaway. So, so Agbo, which is the Russo brothers, actually. Um, now, this is the first non-Netflix. No, I'm sorry. 21, Br 20, 21 Bridges. Uh, went to theaters, but most of Russo Brothers, Old Guard, Extraction, um, all went to Netflix. Um, so this is them kind of branching out to Apple. Uh, or Apple is like, here's a lot of money. But, I mean, that's but, what they did. They, but they the bought exact same way, rights, right? Yeah. Is that um, Netflix brags that Old Guard and Extraction are Netflix originals. Hmm. But it's the exact same thing. They're, in fact, they were both made by Agbo. <laughs> Uh, specifically, so so it's a very equivalent uh, example we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. um, like, like it's never going to leave Apple unless Apple sells it. Right. Oh, it says it's coming to theaters before the streaming oh. service. February twenty sixth. Do you say February? Out. Yeah, February twenty sixth. Oh, maybe we'll have to. Let me quickly pull up the calendar. Maybe. Uh, maybe I, that's uh, I'm just looking at the wiki. Um, yeah, if that's true, we might be able to uh, head over to the movie theater and check it out. Um, that 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 ups my excitement level a little bit for it. <laughs> it's actually coming to Apple TV March 12th, so after 
Uh, so uh, that a couple weeks. About two to three weeks later. Yeah, um, that's actually something interesting. Wonder Woman 1984, uh, I believe, is leaving HBO Max this week um, to finish out its exclusive, its now exclusive theatrical run. Um, I They like flipped it. You know, it wasn't exclusive at the beginning. Now it is exclusive. I don't There's know. There's no that way they make a good amount of money from it going to theaters now. Right. I mean, it's, uh, most the theater money is made in the first first week, let alone first three weeks. <laughs> um, and we're now a month later. So yeah, no no chance. No. Uh, but we should probably move on into the other trailer, uh, Boss Level, starring Frank Grillo. <laughs> this sent off and, and it's almost exactly so saying it sent off groundhog day vibes is not a great uh, i mean it's just, like, uh i mean groundhog day is not even the ones to originate the concept but no, i think but... it's one of the most iconic uh versions of the story that everybody's just like uh, almost every tv show like At one point, especially like... every sitcom stuck in a time loop. <laughs> Um, there's a time loop episode for whatever reason, completely unexplained. Uh, some, someone tried to explain it, but, uh, agents of shield of all things had a time. I think they had two time loop episodes. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there's one in an early season and one in a really late season. I'm thinking of the Gemma one. Yeah, that's one. Um, I, I forget what the other one is, but I believe Agents of Shield has two. Um, the CW shows, every single one of them has one. <laughs> um, for different reasons. Yeah, time loops are very overdone trope and will continue to be done. Something However, else. <laughs> this uh so this this was actually a rather short trailer. Um it's only like a minute, right? No, it, it, it's two twenty. How's that uh, short? That's pretty good. I, I don't know. I feel like I usually trailers this year are a bit longer, unless they st strictly just want to like. So okay, I'm kind of upset at this trailer because I feel like I got way too much out of this. Like I know way too much of this movie already. There were certain things that I wish they hadn't revealed. Yeah, um, and I I was really expecting, and I don't know if I, I'd have to watch the trailer again because I don't remember exactly what the last scene was. But I'm kind of I kind of surprised that they didn't just like show how the movie ends, basically. Um, yeah. You're right. I didn't think about it earlier, but now that you've said like it, if if I watch if if I pull up a Google document and on one screen and pull up the trailer another and went through and wrote out like right. if the story now, of this now he, he he just killed by a sword fighter. He has to learn sword fighting. Oh yeah, that woman he's uh <laughs> he's mourning or whatever is alive. It, yeah, like uh, I feel like we have the full movie. And then we get two different sets of dialogue with what appears to be the main villain. <laughs> And one of them seems like a beginning dialogue, and the other seems like an ending dialogue. Now, do we have a release date for this yet? Um, I don't know, but Taylor, what what did you think of this movie? Because uh, the moment I sent you the trailer, you were already like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of just looks like an action-packed kind of like comedy film. I right. mean, just kind of goofy. Um, and not to jump back, but apparently Cherry is a semi-true autobiography. Um, apparently, semi -true. a lot of the main plot points are true. He it was a, it's written by a guy who lived basically the story. He went to Iraq, came Whoa. back with PTSD, did heroin, robbed banks, and got arrested in 2010. 
um, to feel, and he was robbing the banks to fuel the heroin uh, habit. Right. So I was like, hey, that makes the movie a lot more interesting, in my opinion. So I'll definitely be excited about watching that since story. it's kind of, yeah. Um, but uh, this movie just kind of seems, I don't know. Honestly, one of the biggest things that I thought was kind of goofy was the pixelated text at the end. I thought that was just like, uh, like you could have, you could have done like some like, I don't know. I thought it would have been more cool to see it like, you know, like the text of Dark Souls, like how that is written out, like the yeah. logo. Like, honestly, that's what I was thinking. And then, like, this pixelated text comes up, like, boss level. And it's like, oh, that's how we th- do we still think about games that way? The, like, the Pac Man style text? Like, no. Like, I-, I was thinking, like, man, I wish boss level was written with, like, you know how metal bands write their. Mm, look their yeah. uh their band names and they all look the same it's just like crazy like you can't even read it but like it's a weird choice because it kind the title the the image of the title, of the title it, yeah the title itself is weird and the it, it's like uh someone was like all right the movie's called boss level make, make an image for it yeah. and then over here they were like the movie's called boss level write a script for it and those people didn't talk to each other ever yeah. Uh, and so the script writers were like, all right, action movie where he just has to go through tears and tears of of like sub villains and each one's worse than the uh, than the previous one all the way up until you get to the boss level, the main antagonist, the guy who's pulling all the strings all along. And, and then the guys who drew the who designed the logo were like boss level. It's a video game movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they designed it. Um, I want to quickly tangent. Uh, I looked up boss level release date, and I have four separate dates on one shot of a screen. Cool. Uh, <laughs> nice. Which is I've never seen that before. That's incredible. Uh, do you think? See, to me, and I think this movie would be a lot more successful if it was this. Uh, I, it could be successful. I don't know, but uh, they should have taken a lot of inspiration from scott pilgrim versus the world in this movie interesting so name it boss level give us the pixelated logo and then you have this tier of villain after villain all the way up to the top of the food chain much like um the and they're all your girls ex-boyfriends much like the girls ex-boyfriends uh it doesn't have to be exactly that it's just villain after villain chasing after his uh wife um and and then play around in that world a little bit where you can show damage and you can show like so some lean into the goofiness of it all because it does look goofy as it currently stands but really lean into the goofiness rather than pretending to be a normal action movie and also being goofy mm-hmm. um risks now- being really bad even with all the action, so we don't have a we don't have like a, an official budget because that doesn't come out before the movie. But we have an estimated right. budget for this movie, and for all the action shots and all the explosions and whatnot, it, it looks like it's, so it's got a budget of, a supposed budget of forty five million, which wow. seems kind of low. It's pretty low, but I guess that goes into why it looks goofy. Uh, I guess <laughs> I mean if that's what you're going for. Yeah. Um, hey, I mean that might be one of the cheapest modern action movies. Uh, coming out nowadays so if they if they cracked something if it works then wow um, i guess then that'll be the the 
the tell is I, I'm not even worried about the story when I hear a budget like that. Is the action good? Uh, at $45 million, are you able to make really cool action? Because if you're going to market yourself as an action movie, a lot of the current philosophy is you need to spend a lot of money to make a good action movie. Um, so did they crack something to make it cheap. Um, now, yes, would I like a story? Yes. But it looks like the story's there. I, I'm not terribly worried about that. And you got the whole time loop aspect of it anyways. Looks absolutely off the wall. Uh, let, let's keep going. We're going to head on to the uh, DC uh, section with, uh, with a bit of Arrowverse talk. Um, and this is kind of sad for fans. Uh, so the Batwoman season two premiere, which came out, I believe, last Saturday, uh, was one of the show's least viewed episodes. And when I read this article, do you know how I knew it was true? Because I didn't even know Batwoman season two started. Had released. <laughs> and I watched all of season one. <laughs> so so I, I was someone that I, I would have watched this episode. <laughs> I had no idea this started. Mm -hmm. um, now, I, past... I'm not the biggest fan of the Batwoman show. Um, I think it had a good idea. And the execution for myself is something to be desired. Um but then that on top of them losing their lead actress uh, for whatever reason it was um, with Ruby Rose leaving, but then the decision to not continue. So they lose their lead actress and then they choose to also lose their main character. Right. So instead and of recasting the character, they were like, you know what? We're going to choose a new one. We're going to just invent a new character, which is, absolutely insane to me considering the first season's arc the first season was such a personal story to the kate kane character and it didn't finish due to covid um but it didn't finish like the main villain is her sister like that's not going to mean anything if someone else fights alice right this new person <laughs> who takes over the mantle um this new actress javisha leslie uh, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, which when she takes up the mantle and goes up against Alice, Alice is like, "What? <laughs> right? Like why? Who cares? <laughs> right? Like there's no, there's no personality is not the right word, but like as cool as it would be to see Batman, but it would be the same emotional impact if Batman swung in for a month and said." All right, Alice, I'm defeating you, and then leaves or something. Like, uh, like as cool as it would be to see Batman, it has the exact same emotional impact. Also, the entire first season, we get these sections where um, Kate is reading out basically her her diary entry, or, or like to like, Bruce. To Bruce. <laughs> now, if Bruce shows up, which he'll probably do either in season two or in season three, if it gets to season three what's what's gonna mean anything like yeah like is is the new bat one be like here my predecessor wrote this for you like at least kate kane had the the claims of being his cousin right so what's what okay now is this another heard. cousin it could be i guess but so not only so okay when when um when ruby rose walked out or she left due to her neck injury and and right. well, whatever, whatever the reason was whatever the reason was they had the option they could have recast so to keep the same character, they could have chosen another character that existed in DC Comics and to take over the role. 
but they invented a character that's not in DC Comics to take over the role. <laughs> right. Meaning that, like, as much as fans have no reason to care about this character right now, and it's gonna it's gonna be hard. Like, uh, now, granted, I mean, when you, most shows are, are created, like the characters don't exist, so like show writers are able to make people care about them. But I feel like they're starting at a deficit here, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I mean, t- Taylor, Ian's given a pretty good description of what's been going on behind the scenes of this show. Uh, obviously, not obviously, but you're, you're pretty distant from especially the DC TV obviously. shows. Obviously, you're not a nerd like us. Uh, but uh, how does this all sound to you? Like, like, like I got to imagine, like, sure, it doesn't sound like a great idea, but like, what 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 are your thoughts about hearing something like this? That this product is continuing to season two, and this is how the foot it's starting on. I don't know how, like, how did they lose their main actor? Like, did they not have a contractual basis? Like, did they did the studio not plan for? Like, it sounds like well, so. The there's game. so the given um, reason. There's conversations a little bit on both sides. A couple um, different reasons. I'm going to pretend to hope. Um, that it was amicable, that both sides agreed. Um, there are actual things that we know happened. She was injured at a certain point. Like very, um, very badly. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, uh, her, her spine was nearly severed. Um, so I'm sure that played into it from her side. There were other reports that weren't so kind to her um, from the studio, not from the studio side, but um, that would favor the studio side. I don't know if they're true. Um, so whatever the reason is, uh, that's why I say I hope it was amicable. I hope they both agreed. Because <laughs> um, it sounds like it's but, just like one of those bad situations. Like, I don't even know how you mend it. And it sounds like I don't think anything like from from a story perspective, you don't want a character to just be randomly replaced by an actor um i mean maybe it's fine if there's only one season like i don't really know but it definitely seems like the path they made was not great like it doesn't sound great like i don't know like i guess the viewership is showing that (laughs) like how yeah like how would someone like honestly maybe the, the people producing the show just have money left from their contract and it's like man no one wants to be on this show <laughs> like i mean it makes sense like i you know this show's probably going to die after this season just because of like unforeseeable events so it's like maybe we'll just do something and not like it's almost like them not doing any ip protects that ip from being used That's in this bad not. instance so it's i like, think you're onto something about this not getting continuing past the season yeah so Unless this they tell this like crazy story this season and remember batwoman so every year there's a crossover between the cw shows this year the two main shows for it in the past it's been the flash and the green arrow with the green arrow concluding it's obviously not the green arrow but it's actually also not the flash this time the two main shows that are spearheading the crossover and they've kind of made it sound like it might only be these two shows um is batwoman and superman Mm. and i'm like okay so that crossover has to really hit it out of the park 
Right. And really get people to watch that next episode of Batwoman where you need to continue telling this fantastic season two story that you've had written up. That's the only way I see this getting a season three. Because if it just has a mediocre story, um, and, and I think season one had a pretty good blueprint. Uh, it's just some of the execution was a little weird. The season but, two premiere got a third of the viewers of the season one premiere. Which is generally not a good thing. No. Uh, and additionally, this season one premiere or the season two premiere is the third lowest watched episode of the series. Uh, only beating only beating the bottom, the, the least watched episode by about thirty thousand people. Wow. It's just it's out of not, curiosity was the least watched episode the finale not the quote unquote uh, finale of last season. I couldn't tell you any okay. of the show's That's episode fair. names, but it's it's a narrow escape. Is the least watched with six hundred thirty thousand viewers. Uh, like second, was, second to last was if you believe in me, I'll believe in you, with six hundred forty thousand, and then this season to premiere uh, with six hundred sixty three thousand, roughly, which is very low. <laughs> yeah, considering uh, that the season one premiere was one point eight million. Yeah, uh, to have a sub one million viewership, especially on a premiere. Because uh, right. it's only going to drop off after the premiere. A lot of people tune in for premieres. They decide whether they like it based on that singular episode. Um, and this isn't just like for Batwoman. Like every single Arrowverse right. show, every single CW show has sees that same trend. I'm assuming most shows. I mean, yeah, that, that's just thing of shows in general. Um, right. may, maybe we're seeing a little bit of a difference that with these kind of limited series style shows um, on streaming services rather than network television where they only run for like six to eight episodes. So it's not much of a commitment rather than these right. CW shows, which are, um, I think legends of tomorrow is the shortest and that's still a 16 episode commitment. <laughs> um, so yeah, it doesn't look super good for that show, uh, which is unfortunate because I really like the bat world. Um, and I was hoping, and we're not gonna that, see it. <laughs> I was hoping that they'd be able to turn some stuff around and make it a little bit more exciting in season yep. two um but with the viewership um i'm still probably going to check it out uh just to form my own opinion <laughs> but uh because i don't know if it's good or bad uh its viewership has nothing does not say whether it was good or bad um true, true. however uh maybe the drop off might tell us whether <laughs> it's good or bad but the drop off is also to a certain extent expected um true. like we said uh yeah, it's just. Is this the beginning of the end for the CW shows? I think so, actually. Um, I think the conclusion of Arrow was kind of the true beginning of the end. But yeah, this is the so, first tangible beginning. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a comparison real quick, uh, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this because this is probably gonna draw the conversation further. Um, <laughs> but I think with the conclusion of the Arrowverse, or the Arrowverse, with the conclusion of Arrow, which is like the spearhead of this oh, universe, yes, the spearhead. Um, one might say Arrowhead, possibly. I uh, one might, but they but they didn't. I did. uh, is <laughs> kind of is kind of a parallel to some of like the the um, first actors of the MCU, like like with with uh, Robert Downey Jr. leaving and and whatnot. And like, I know a bunch of my friends were like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not really into this anymore. Is this the end of the MCU? Because like these characters are leaving, and. The MCU that's weird, been... right? Because it's like I don't feel like it's the beginning of the end for the MCU, but I feel right. like it's the beginning of the end for the Arrowverse. But but that's that's the, that's the, that's what I'm trying to bring up is that with with these well known characters leaving, 
he, the question is, can it sustain with what it's starting now? Or is this yeah. the end? And Marvel, I think, is doing a pretty good job of like they're they're keeping it going. It's not dying. I but, guess that's what makes Batwoman season two's viewership uh, almost more important than just Arrow ending. Because, okay, Arrow ends, but we have Batwoman, we have Supergirl, right. we have Flash, we have uh, the Canaries, we have Superman and Lois. Um, and if Black those Lightning. shows... Black Lightning, thank you. Um, was that the only one I forgot, man? I think so. Um, Although, granted, uh, it also wasn't connected for like two years. That's true, right. Yeah, that's not my fault. Come on, that's their fault. They told us it wasn't connected. They told us it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't told even us. like I didn't want it. I wanted it connected. They told us... That they were only to have four shows in this universe at yeah, the time. Then. Liars. Um, right. But yeah, I, I guess it is because the other shows aren't super strong. Whereas in the MCU, these new franchises are pretty strong. Black Panther, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. They are pretty strong. Um, and so even though we are losing great stuff, we're still potentially getting some really good stuff. Even if right. it isn't, Even if it isn't great, I think it will be great. It's but great the, for me. It's great for me. Um, but the Arrowverse ones haven't quite. Right. Uh, the other shows haven't quite figured out the same uh, passion that Arrow itself uh, installed. And I, unfortunately, I think Flash could have been the, the torchbearer. It should have been, um, but they've made some choices in the last two seasons that I think also, I say also Flash has been going downhill. Since really weaken the Flash character. Um, it, it's nothing super specific, but it's just like the way they're writing him. Um, right, right. It, it feels very overly repetitive. Um, and Arrow went through a little bit of this, but um, so then it's like, okay, well, I guess I am going to check out Superman and Lois. That's kind of the last last one to to spearhead it because. Supergirl has like every other season's pretty decent. <laughs> That's interesting. You say that Superman and Lois might be able to spearhead it because I don't have any faith in that show at all. I mean, I it's not... supposed to be a spiritual sequel to Smallville, and Smallville no is fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, granted, I don't know how you make a spiritual sequel to Smallville where you're building up to Darkseid yet again when Superman defeated. Dark side all on his own in it's a spiritual <laughs> successor. <laughs> yeah. Uh we should probably push on a little bit. Yeah, we can keep going. Uh so heading off into the DCEU. Uh we've this is not really like news news, but kind of. So Zack Snyder has all but confirmed that uh his version of, of Justice League will be released as a single four hour long movie. Um this so the reason I say this is not news because if you didn't know about this it could be like from the beginning he had said that uh, it will be released as four parts or how many parts but separately he's going to find a way to make it watchable as one single movie so like I I wasn't surprised by this article um, but he responded to a fan on Twitter uh, saying this this will be uh, not like a, a series it'll be a one shot one movie. Um, yeah, it bothers me that they, the it's really the person asking the question that's a little bit at fault for using the term one shot because like that's right. not what that means, right? Um, this article, I, and I think this article mentions it that like there's if uh, Zack Snyder's in the loop on his own movie, which we like to assume that he is, considering that's what this whole debate was about, right? Um, 
I I think the the interpretation of the the tweet or whatever it was um, kind of could go two ways. It could be he drops a four hour long movie on March. I have the date here. Um, Twenty first. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around here. That sounds right. Uh, no, maybe we don't have a date in March. I just have March written. Um, so it could be that he just drops a four-hour movie on March. It could also mean he drops four episodes on the exact same day in March. Um, I think that's a weird choice because <laughs> it was originally supposed to be a movie. Then you cut it into episodes. Then you released it on the same day. Like, who's in charge of this thing? Um, Something else in this uh, article caught my attention that I actually highlighted it. Uh, so we get, we're getting told that it's featuring two and a half hours of never before seen footage. Cool. Uh, comprised of four or f in quotes, four or five minutes of additional photography, which is supposed to be original footage from the theatrical release. Uh, and some other elements that ended up on the cutting room floor of the, the original release. Now, uh, Zack Snyder has also previously said that he hasn't used a single frame from Joss Whedon's reshoots. Now, are, are we just going to get like, is there like a four minute clip of footage that he originally shot that was in the movie? Some I, doesn't add up, right? Because this doesn't add right. up to four hours. Right. Right. So let's do some simple math here just, just to break this down. So two and a half, because you're right, this is a weird statement, all based on uh, quotes. And I think we've talked about this before a while back, but well, I guess we'll recap that as we're getting closer uh, right now. So two and a half hours of never before seen footage. Okay, let's break this down. This is simple arithmetic, everyone stick with me. It's a four hour long movie, as we're told. So four hour long movie, two and a half hours of never before seen footage, which means an hour and a half of scene footage. Okay, so so now that we've broken that down, an hour and a half of scene, scene footage, which means, let's remember, um, Joss Whedon's Justice League, I guess we'll call it, is I think a two, two and a half hour long movie, a two hour, 15 minute long movie. Yeah, it's just over two hours, I think. Just over two hours, which means there are really only 45 minutes in there. Now, however, Zack Snyder has also said he hasn't seen Joss Whedon's Justice League. And we know that Joss Whedon reshot a lot of scenes. So it is possible that he had an hour and a half that the, um, that, see, but this, this is the thing that doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> that it, that this is the whole crux of the argument is that he seems to have already allocated never before seen footage, which is that two and a half hours. So then where is this other one and a half hours coming from? Because then it goes on to saying four, in a, four to five minutes of additional photography, original footage from the theatrical release. Okay, so if we have four or five minutes plus two and a half hours, so we're at two hours and 35 minutes, where's this other hour and 25 minutes coming from? Let's assume he's rounding. Okay, it's not actually a four hour movie. It's a three and a half hour movie rounded up to four hours. We're still missing an hour, just less than an hour. And if that where, four or five where minutes did that movie come from? That four or five minutes of additional photography. He's rounding that down. It's actually 90 minutes of additional photography. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it's got to be, right? And you got to uh, remember, too, if they're slow mo. He's added, hold on. Here, yeah, if they're slow mo, which Zack Snyder loves to do. So. 
So really, uh, it's an hour of extra footage, unseen footage. <laughs> Four or five minutes, which is really nice. If you really think about it, here's a scary thought. Just to put this fear into everyone who hates Suicide Squad like I do. Um, remember, Jared Leto was not in the original script of Justice League. He is in um, this. And Zack Snyder's adding four or five minutes. What if that four or five minutes is just Jared Leto? I think it has to be. I think it actually has to be right uh, now. We're, we're we're told that this version of Jared Leto's Joker is a road weary Joker, and he's also sporting a different look compared to 2016 Suicide so Squad. So not Jared Leto's Joker. So the, the, <laughs> everyone reacted so poorly to that. They're like, "Oh God, we really gotta we gotta step that right." Back. That that says nothing. That like, do you think he's he a bad to, actor? Do you think he went to get, like laser tattoo removal surgery to get damaged off his forehead? <laughs> oh, like in universe? Yeah. Like he was like, yeah, that was a bad. That's decision. a weird Joker thing to do, to get a tattoo removed. But like, <laughs> that's I don't know. Like so, I feel like the Joker thing to do would to be get a new tattoo over it, right? Maybe. Uh, like, like people do that. Something. So I'm kind of curious. So Snyder has been very adamant about the fact that he is not using a single shot of Joss we of the the one that Joss Whedon reshot any of the footage. Right. However, he's also never seen that version. No, no, is but he, so so he's he is able to do this, and it might be confusing to us to a certain extent because we don't know actually what Joss Whedon reshot, what he added. Right, we don't right. know in Joss Whedon's Justice League what is Joss Whedon's or what is Zack Snyder's. We don't know. But but that's not my point. My point is, having never seen that version of the movie, has he just told someone else go watch it and cut out all the bits that I didn't shoot? No, because he still has his original shots. Okay, he he has what he had when he left the project. Okay, so he he's got that copies. extra hard drive. He's like, I'm going to... Yeah, he has those copies, those reels of when he left the project. Then Joss Whedon took some of those um, and was like, okay, I like this, I like this, I don't like this, I like this. And Joss Whedon actually cutted Zack Snyder's stuff down and then added his own stuff. Okay, so he's just got the original stuff. Okay. He has the stuff before Joss Whedon added his that makes sense. Um, but I, it I will be confusing that. to us because we're probably, at least myself, I'm going to try and rewatch the original, um, the one that came out in 2017 before this one to refresh my memory. Um, and it will be interesting to see those similar sequences that were originally Zack Snyder's, I'm sure. Um, but to see them again under this impression that two and a half hours will be never before seen. I straight up don't believe that it's only four or five minutes of additional photography. Especially with the amount of budget they allocated. It was right. like 70 million extra dollars. Right. They said 20 million. Uh, that was the, ori the original figure that was given was 20 million. And then that got blown way out of the water. I just do not believe it's four or five minutes. I can't imagine telling a studio. Now, originally, you're right. It was a lower number and then it bumped up. But I can't imagine telling a studio, we spent $80 million on five minutes. God. <laughs> that five like, this better be the best five minutes right ever uh i can't imagine having that conversation so so it's gotta <laughs> just be zach snyder's just gotta be pulling everyone's legs with all these contradictory statements so something else that's actually is pretty interesting about this and was originally intended uh for the first movie or shot was we're gonna get introduced to martian manhunter are we also getting introduced to uh, green lantern Yes, I believe so. So, so unite the unite seven. seven is the eight, actually, <laughs> uh, but we got the six. <laughs> right. This, this just adds to the 
Now, granted, Justice League part was a originally a part one. Yes, uh, I still but we're also eight. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe I mean, the character Mark of Manhunter wasn't actually going to join. He probably wasn't going to join in the first movie because because we know the character is in the theatrical release. Like it, the character is there. Right. He wasn't, right, right. He wasn't talked about, but the character himself is there. Now, I guess in this, I guess in some of the cut footage, like it was really um, show that this is actually Martian Manhunter. Right. Um, Interestingly, right. though, because with Zack Snyder's release, we're going to get Martian Manhunter. We're going to get Green Lantern. Are, is the studio going to go ahead with those characters? Or are they going to be like, yeah, this no. was just a side project? Harry Lennox was also in Man of Steel, right? The guy who's playing Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have that answer. I thought he was the general from Man of Steel. I don't know. Cast. I will let you know in a second. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the guy from Matrix too, right? Also, <laughs> uh, Harry Lennox was in uh, Man of Steel. <laughs> he plays Locke in Matrix too. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I'm correct. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he was a Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. Uh, so that's cool. Um, and it's nice to get some closure on this character. Right. But uh, but at what point did Martian Manhunter kill him and take over his body and, and, and take his place? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. That's the question. It was like five minutes ago. All of Man of Steel and all of uh, Batman v Superman, it's it's actually yeah, the character. Yeah, okay. But that's a story for another time. Uh, we should probably skedaddle on. Uh, this is something that is really big, and I'm kind of surprised that it's true. <laughs> uh, so, right. yeah. Chris Evans is in talks, and he's actually like finalizing a deal to return to the MCU as Captain America. I'm yeah. really surprised. Um, Huge. I think this is a bad decision. Um, I'm not surprised. I also don't think it's a bad decision. You don't think it's a bad decision? I think uh, the only bad decision now, again, um, they're, they're in talks now. Now, I don't know how much has been finalized before, but the, I think the like thing that. we need to realize is this doesn't mean he's going to be showing up in WandaVision on Friday. Right. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean he's going to show up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. This doesn't mean that he's going to show up in Loki. Now, when we get a little further down the line, okay, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, maybe. Maybe Black Widow, if they're deciding to add something to that. But Black Widow's been done for so long, I have a hard right. time believing. Um, so, but, but so, even though they're having the talks now, this could be for a movie that's like three years away. Yes. But otherwise, the, the only bad thing I see about it is that like he just... He didn't die, but like he just kind of got narratively written out. Um, it's not quite the same as with the X Men, where like they've been <laughs> playing the character for twenty years. So it's weird to already be talking about him coming back when we've literally only gotten one week of MCU without him. I mean, you could count Far From Home, also, I guess. Um, but we've literally just gotten our first two episodes of WandaVision, phase four of the MCU, this last week. And we're already talking about a character who died, not died, but um, was significantly changed uh, by the end of MCU phase three. 
and we're already talking about him coming back. I think this could have been done better. <laughs> if this was, if the year was 2025, and and then we get the article, Chris Evans and talks to to come back to to put on the the put on the suit again. That's the I thing. Is, maybe, maybe the movie comes out in 2025. But 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 that doesn't matter because yeah, it's the news. It, because and it's exactly what you talked about. Like we as fans haven't had enough time to let this sink in that he's gone. We haven't had several movies. We haven't had Captain the America. MCU without Captain America. Right. Yeah. We need yeah. to have, we need to have multiple movies realizing he's never coming back. Right. But we haven't, we've had one movie so far. We'll have, we, we had one movie, Spider-Man far from home and two episodes of a TV show <laughs> before this news dropped. Yeah. That's not enough time to, to mourn the loss to realize this character's not coming back. It's the same thing as it's this. I think this is comparable to when uh, DC was like, oh, Superman's dead. He's back. Uh, it's true. Granted, they were literally one movie apart. But that, <laughs> that's the same feeling. It's the same feeling to me. We didn't I, have I don't think so because it actually happened like in universe, like 10 years down the line, people are going to watch and be like, Oh, Superman died in Batman v Superman. Superman came back in Justice League. Whereas 10 years down the line, people are going to be like, Captain America died um, in Avengers Endgame. Not died. Became extremely old in Avengers Endgame. I keep saying died because he's he's mostly dead. (laughs) Nearly dead. Um, He's on the end of that scale. Yeah. um, So he's severely old at the end of Avengers Endgame. But then we didn't see the Steve Rogers character again until Avengers. Sure. This, years down Avengers the line, five, this won't be know. as important because no one will be talking about the news stories that came out about this. No, no one will care. Right. Uh, but as of right now, I think it's important. That now, this is- uh, I, I think your complaints are warranted. Um, I think that, but, but let's remember this isn't whenever we see articles like this, this isn't the studio leaking him. Right. 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 These is- are journalists contacting their friends, their sources that happen to be just outside the room or whatever it is. So this um, this shouldn't have dropped. This like the studio didn't release this information, but that's kind of what news is. Most news is is leaked stuff. Uh, right. So I should probably say quickly that um, the actual contents of this that we know of is that uh, he's in talks to come back for uh, at least for one film with the door open for a second. So potentially coming back. And this isn't going to be like Captain America four. He's not getting his own solo. Right. Uh, but with the option to show up, and this this is kind of similar with what Robert Downey Jr. did, where he showed up in a few extra movies, just in small roles. Yeah, especially um, Spider-Man, right. Homecoming. Um, right. Uh, so this, it'll probably be something similar to that, where he's just playing like a minor supportive role. Um, granted, I still think this should have been. Again, we're not supposed to know this because this was not being out. Right. They 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 weren't intending for us to know this, right. but right. we know. We and know. Yeah, it is disappointing that we know. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, now, from from a studio standpoint, I think it's rather smart of them to bring him back because, again, he's one of the most beloved characters. He's one of the originals. He's the old guard that can still get fans to come see a movie. If if we get if we get told like Black Panther two or Black Panther three or whatever has Captain America in it, that's going to put butts in seats. I That's mean, I, be- I already think those sequels, but sure, yeah. sure. I, I, don't, I, I was trying to think of a movie where he could possibly show up because I don't think he's going to show up in Doctor Strange. I, I mean, that, but, but like if you throw him into like Shang-Chi, uh, a character that's not super well known. No, I don't right. think he's going to be in Shang-Chi because no, I think that movie's already I think that's done a better. Film. I think that's but, a better. But a character, uh, he's a great example. Captain Britain. 
what a perfect yes. opportunity to include Captain America, despite the story not necessarily warranting it. Yes. Um, <laughs> but Captain Britain, uh, the Braddock bros, um, have Brian Braddock becoming Captain Britain. That's a very, it's not a super popular character, especially to us in America. Um, and having Captain America show up for 20 minutes throughout the movie um, could be a helpful, uh, a fun draw, a yeah. helpful segue into the Captain Britain character. Um, I, I think to not necessarily to sequels to like movies they already have, like not necessarily Captain Marvel 2, um, although they do talk about that movie being like a Civil War scale. So maybe it is that. Maybe. Um, but uh, or like Avengers. I mean, it could be Avengers 5 also, but like um, not necessarily a specific sequel to a movie. However, one of the new movies about a new character that isn't necessarily super popular. I think that is a good person to throw captain america in next to um yeah taylor do you think this is a good decision to bring cat back i don't know it's kind of <laughs> weird that we're bringing chris evans back for it why is that he is he just left yeah agreed it's weird about the casting i think so so that's not what you're saying Ian, right that that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying it's weird to have him come back. I, I cherry picking what he said. I mean, his contract ended. They didn't renegotiate a new one, and so that's it. And so, and so that was it. This is them renegotiating a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's interesting though is like, I remember Chris Evans saying like he was happy to put down the the shield. Like he had he had played his role. He was fine with where the character ended. And it's like, okay, that's a pretty good thing. Like, you can move on. You're going to move on. You're a fantastic actor. But, like, that's good. That's a good place to leave the character. Yeah, but you also, you, you got to say that, right? Like... You do have to say that. You don't <laughs> be like, oh, I want no, more. No, but never mind even from the contractual standpoint of, like... Um, For oh, the fans? To up, to up his value from a contract standpoint, he's got to be like, yeah, I'm done with it. Uh, if people want me to come back, they got to throw me a billion dollars. Now, I don't think he's that pretentious but uh that'd be the most expensive movie of all time but uh uh so so like there's a certain element of that that you have to kind of be okay with whatever you lot you get yeah but then at the same time uh this is kind of the kevin feige of doll right that kevin feige constantly there there's no doubt that like 90 percent of actors tweets not all of them, because Tom Holland has leaked stuff. Other actors have leaked stuff. Ninety um, percent, uh, yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Ninety percent of the things that the MCU actors say and do are strings pulled by Kevin Feige. And so, do I think there's even the remote possibility that Kevin Feige and Chris Evans had a conversation that they were like, "Hey, your contract's up." Uh, when we're ready for you to come back, we'll we'll talk to you then. Uh, but when people ask you about it, just tell them that you like where the character concluded. Um, it's a great story for Steve Rogers, uh, and I'm happy to leave it at that. And then when you come back, and this is what Kevin Feige probably said, and when you come back, Chris, uh, because they're on a first name basis, right? Uh, when Mr. you come Evans. back, Mr. Evans, when you come, yes, Mr. Feige, <laughs> uh, when you come back, Chris, 
people will be all the more excited because they believed this was an impossibility. I'm, I'm like at. It's all just curtains over our eyes. As I'm fans. so talking about the curtains over our eyes. I'm like eighty percent under the belief that every single bit of leaked MCU news <laughs> is all planned. Every time Tom Holland messes up, when Mark Ruffalo streamed a bit of Thor Ragnarok, I'm a hundred percent like like. Feige was like, oh, <laughs> no, I, I I do think the Thor Ragnarok one was a mistake, um, and I think the first Tom Holland one was a mistake. Um, the Tom Hall Tom Holland's leaked like twelve things. Yeah, um, and I'm pretty sure the latter eleven <laughs> were all intentional because they were like, oh, people now think he leaked stuff. What if we play that? What if now Tom Holland is now playing a character, Tom Holland, who leaks stuff? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they, this shouldn't be a, so- a shock to anyone. I mean, they'd be leaving money on off the table if they never brought these characters back. But it is a little soon. It feels like um, because the MCU can can probably exist without them. Yep. Um, uh, we're gonna jump on into sticking with the MCU for a bit. Uh, we're gonna jump on into something. But this is the most bullet point article I've ever read. Yeah. I'm with that. I, I don't think I've ever read an article that was more just like one line, one line, one line. So <laughs> uh, Ethan Hawke is set to play the villain opposite Oscar Isaac in Marvel's Moon Knight, yeah. uh, which is really cool because Ethan Hawke's a fantastic actor. Um, great actor. I am really excited to, to read this. But man, reading this article, I was just <laughs> the first sentence. Uh, Every sentence like, is its own paragraph. It, yeah, it's, oh God, man. <laughs> um, I'm really curious to, to see who he would be, who he would play. Yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with the Moon Knight comics. Um, uh, so I did I've... see something while reading, while going through these articles uh, about some, I think it was Boss Logic or someone who who is great at um, making us believe actors can be certain characters. Uh, I saw a depiction of uh, Ethan Hawke as uh, Dracula. That's a pretty good one. The next one I was thinking for like face shape, um, because Dracula's kind of in there with the way it's depicted in comics, is Mephisto. Um, now it's possible we have a Mephisto in WandaVision, but if we don't, um, he he does kind of give Mephisto vibes. Uh, if you look at how I think the character Ethan is Hawk's drawn in the comics, but I think Ethan Hawke's just evil. Just evil. He's just the devil. Well, that brings up something um, that some people are upset about, and I think anyone who is upset about this is a is probably an idiot. I'm not going to say for sure they're an idiot, but I think they're probably an idiot. Um, Ian, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, Ethan Hawke, a year ago. Um, so everyone remembers Martin Scorsese's comments. Superhero movies are roller coasters. They're theme park rides. Um, and he got a lot of flack for that. But at the end of the day, Martin Scorsese is one of the greatest directors to ever work. <laughs> he can say that. Um, he can say whatever he wants. Uh, because 90% of his movies are like in the top 100 movies of all time. Um, So Ethan Hawke, again, a talented actor, maybe not top 100 actors of all time, but he's a, he's a top actor working right now. uh, I'll say. And he made some comments that uh, superhero movies are not cinema. That's what he said. Um, and now he's about to partake as a villain in a superhero TV show. Now, do I think he could have changed his mind? 
Do I think money sways all? Maybe. Um, do I think he's a hypocrite? I don't care whether he's a hypocrite or not. And, and at the end of the day, but I've seen several accusations of calling Ethan Hawke a hypocrite that he insults the superhero genre and now he's working for the superhero genre. I think people calling Ethan Hawke out for this are, are absolutely morons because Ethan Hawke is willing to participate. He read the script and he said, this is good enough for me. For me. Maybe, he's, maybe he's so pretentious, but I don't think he is. Whether he changed his mind about the superhero genre or so not, is this, is he, this like paint? he is now trying out the superhero genre, and so so to 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 bash him over comments he made a year ago, um, that didn't hurt anyone. They weren't harmful to anyone in particular. It was just an opinion. He stayed his opinion, and maybe he still has that opinion that the superhero genre isn't cinema, but. Is he still willing to work in it? Apparently. And so does that make him a hypocrite? Maybe. But should he be in should be should he be openly called a hypocrite? I don't see the purpose of that because the people that are calling him a hypocrite are superhero fans. Superhero fans should be happy that, that we're willing to like let, recognize the superhero genre. Not only that he's willing to recognize it, but really that he's willing to work in it. We I, I, it's so uh, naive of us to to forget 20 years ago or 30 years ago when our superhero movie casts were nobodies. Now, now, yes, like, now yes, we got lucky. We got Wesley Snipes. We got um, Michael Keaton. We Val Kilmer. We we got some George Clooney. Even we got some wins pretty early, which is crazy. But like, there was no reason we should have ever gotten those actors. There's no base for us getting high quality <laughs> actors um, in the superhero genre. Now there is. Now the superhero genre has a chance to draw these dr high drama actors that that are. Um, it, it, it's like kind of the Oscar thing of it all. Like the Oscars don't recognize genre films. Ethan Hawke isn't necessarily, even though he's in Tremors, he's not necessarily the biggest genre actor. He's a big dramatic actor so it's cool that he's maybe willing to take even a step down uh at least in the oscars eyes maybe um to the superhero genre and and do this thing like i i think that that shows more about his point of view than even his own words yeah um and and I welcome him to the superhero genre. I'm very excited for this. To watch him and Oscar Isaac fight will be a delight. Yeah, I'm going to. So it looks like uh, productions right now uh, going to start in March uh, in Budapest for this show. Oh, interesting. Uh, do you need to get going here, Ian? Or uh, you... I'll I'll finish this up. Okay. Uh, I want so as I say that I want to add something that's not on our on our. <laughs> This is uh, there's a rumor going around right now, also leaked information uh, at the the Sony uh, umbrella uh, for its Spider Man verse, Venom verse. Uh, there is Spump 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 um, yeah. Spumpka. Even though it's, there, not. it's reported that Sony is working on a, uh, a new movie added to their list of other movies that they haven't released yet, uh, following a character, <laughs> <laughs> following the character Dusk. Yeah, which which is uh, it okay? So 
Dusk is a mantle that uh, Peter Parker has taken up in the past. Okay. So potentially they're they're trying to get like underneath the mask. It's Peter Parker. It's not actually Spider Man. Um, they might be trying. I don't know. It looks like this is a this I don't is a think character. That's a likely scenario. This is a character that uh, Peter Parker has taken on when he is on the run. So does that mean Spider Man Three will introduce Dusk? I don't know. Like, will Peter stop being Spider Man in Spider Man Three and he'll become Dusk? And he's gonna he's gonna get so he's gonna hide so well in the MCU he's gonna hide all the way in Spump. He's not even gonna be anywhere. <laughs> he's going to hide in a different cinematic universe. Yeah, maybe I don't really know, but I just wanted to quickly pop that up there. Uh, heading back over the MCU now, uh, this is rather interesting. <laughs> so Matt Damon is reportedly joining the cast of Thor: Love and Thunder. Now, do you know why this is interesting? This is. Absolutely hilarious. I read this title. I was like, but he he was in he was in already. Is he? I um, he better be he better be replaying the character. He better be right. He's been uh, established as an Asgardian actor. Yes, an Asgardian thespian. Thespian, and I I want him to be playing that character again. I don't want to be recast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so Taylor. So Matt Damon um, supposedly is in is quarantining in australia right now with his family family to be in thor for love and thunder now he was in um thor ragnarok he portrayed some random asgardian citizen Mm -hmm. playing loki in a stage play that loki wrote about thor the dark world While Loki watches as Odin, if I can make that more complicated. <laughs> okay. He's just some uh, random Asgardian <laughs> putting on a wig and an outfit to portray Loki. So he's already in the MCU. And now, now he's- I'm totally fine if he's someone else. Yeah. Um, I, think, I don't think you, you get that Damon to come back to play that role. He's got to be a bigger guy. Uh, bigger there has to I, be a comment about how he used to do plays, though. I mean, I, I think if you have it just as like another cameo and you do that, then it's fine. But the thing is, I don't think you have Matt Damon come to Australia and quarantine for family. two weeks with his whole family to film what two minutes. Right. This is going to be a bigger role. Um, and I mean, we already know that like, and this goes to the superhero genre, having this incredible genre, draw. I mean, maybe Ethan Hawke a year ago, didn't want to do the superhero genre, but then he sees a fantastic actor like Christian Bale. Right, shortly after Ethan Hawke's own comments, Christian Bale says, "Yeah, I'll be in Thor 4. Um, and so, uh, and look at that; both of them are playing villains, which means they'll probably be one-offs. Right. Um, so this is this is pretty big for them to, even though I I would prefer them not to be because they're very talented actors. Mm-hmm. Um. But but yeah, when you bring in Matt Damon, um, it, you're, you're bringing in a name like Matt Damon. Ideally, you want him to play a big role similar to Christian Bale playing a huge role in that movie as Gore the God Butcher. Um, does that mean... Let, let's throw this back to, into the windmill. Um, we, we speculated that there was kind of speculation between your God... Gore the God Butcher and my um, Beta Ray, Beta, Beta Ray Bill, um, Matt Damon as Beta Ray Bill. 
you could you're gonna it. cover up that 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 mug you're gonna right. cover up matt damon's face that'd be I, crazy you shouldn't do that you can put anyone as beta ray bill i'll Granted, go. You need someone who's can act and who's like whatever but <laughs> Right. Um, it, it would be crazy if they covered up uh, Matt's face with a uh, what is what is he like a Zober? I meant like the actual animal, but because um, <laughs> it's like based on a it's an anthropomorphic. Uh, yeah, I don't um, alligator. <laughs> no, it's like a it's a horse or a cow or something. Um, or something. I don't know, man. Um, but, is it cool? It is. It is. Gonna head into the last article we have, which is probably the one that I'm the most excited about. Um, we've got hints that Kevin Feige has at least some plans for Daredevil and all of the rest of the Defenders, along with uh, the Punisher. Uh, so this is big because considering Daredevil's contract just ran out, or at least the the two year period at the end of yeah um, yeah yeah cancellation just ended, um, and Feige has some stuff on the plate for them. Uh, he's he tried to stay coy for a while in the interview and said everything's on board. That's one of the fun things about the comics is that characters would appear and disappear and come and go. All of it is inspiration for the future. There are some great characters and actors from those shows. Um, however, he uh, I'm trying to find the find the line. Uh, he said, "Well, certainly you've seen what we announced at Comic Con a year and a half ago, and on Disney Investor Day a few weeks ago. So that's our focus." But I've been at Marvel long enough to never say never about anything. I mean, what does he mean? He's been at Marvel. He's been in charge of the studio for He's for quite a while. Writing this, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that. He also uh, has said some stuff that, like, um, he has the next five years planned, right? And it, if we look at the things he's announced, it's only really been like three years of stuff. So um, maybe, maybe not, not maybe with like COVID that just beyond. And so, so there's stuff planned that he hasn't announced yet, but I do wonder if this lends a certain level of credence to the, um, speaking of which, because I mentioned credence, everybody take a drink, Fantastic Beasts uh, 3, oh, no. Fantastic Beasts 3 will be made, I have to mention it once a show to keep it in existence, if we forget about it, we lose it forever. So, um, that that was my PSA, real quick. But coming I back, we were going to be free. Uh, coming back to the Defenders, Daredevil. Um, there, there's some rumors that we didn't quite announce uh, here uh, on Unanimous Indecision. You could have found plenty of them online. Uh, they weren't from super reputable sources. Um, however, some of the other Spider-Man things that were eventually confirmed were also from these sources. So at this rate, it might as well be a 50, 50 shot, whether it's true or not. Um, but not only were they talking about like the former Spider-Man's being in it or the former Spider-Man supporting cast members being in Spider-Man three, there was another character that was talked about being in Spider-Man three and that's daredevil specifically Charlie Cox's daredevil. And uh, one of the websites, uh, I think comic book movie, said that he wrapped filming. This is a guy we didn't know. We still don't know if he's even in the movie, but they're claiming their sources say uh, that he wrapped filming in Spider-Man 3. And so it's like, well, yeah, then the def Defenders are definitely on the table if <laughs> Daredevil is in Spider-Man 3. Um, I, I mean, this is exciting. I mean... I kind of hope it's weird. I, I kind of hope they do different interpretations of the characters with the same actors, but 
but at the same time, I kind of hope they don't. Right. Um, there are certain things I really like about the Netflix series and certain things I don't. Um, and, and, but believe me, everyone, that it's definitely not a thing of like, I don't believe the, the Netflix, def the way the Netflix shows set up the defenders, those characters couldn't exist in the MCU. That's not at all what I'm saying. Because we're getting, Deadpool. I, we're getting Deadpool, a rated R Deadpool three. We're getting Moon Knight. These are all these are both characters that are pretty hardcore. Mm. We're getting Blade eventually. Um, so I definitely think they could exist in the MCU as is. I think there are certain elements of their story that I would like changed. <laughs> um, not a lot, but uh, I, I think there there are certain things. Um, but whatever they choose. I'm sure whatever the characters are moving forward will be really cool because they're all played by pretty talented actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, these, these are good small time heroes, which are always a good thing. Absolutely. Um, Taylor, what do you think about this? <laughs> no comment, I guess. <laughs> um, you'll see it when it gets to the main MCU. <laughs> yep. But that's, uh, that's all the articles we have for you. Yeah, that's the end of the show. Uh, Ian Rismondo, thanks for reading our news, giving your insight. Taylor Wilson, thanks for listening to our superhero talk for the last hour. But, uh, thanks. <laughs> um, we will be satisfying all of Taylor's needs. No, um, <laughs> uh, Taylor's desire for next week, we are reviewing matrix three revolutions mm -hmm. um is it revolution nice. or revolutions is there revolutions. more than one revolution uh, i think it's the act of spinning rather how, than how many times does the matrix spin around the real world <laughs> Ooh, <perfect. laughs> um rather than the real world around the matrix uh, <laughs> but yeah so that's next week uh which will again i'm gonna harp on this we will be doing live at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash indecision. Also Saturday, you can catch our WandaVision episode three review at uh, noon Eastern time uh, on Saturday. So catch our thoughts there. I had so much fun talking WandaVision uh, on Saturday. Uh, Ian, you even messaged me uh, right after we finished and you were like, that was the highlight of, of your week. It was. And I, I got to agree. Um, because like, man, as big of MCU fans as we are, like we still talk MCU even when they're not making new stuff, but like it was so refreshing to talk about new stuff, to have new theories, new ideas. Um, and I'm just super excited to see where episode three of WandaVision goes. Um, I think we might get a little bit more explained to us, but we'll see. Um, so catch us on those times, those days. Otherwise, my name is Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time. Bye.